Because I think we can all agree that starting the day off with a well-balanced grouping of ingredients sets your day up right. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a podcast about feeding kids. Hi, I'm Stacy, And I'm Megan. Hey, today we're going to talk about shortcuts for well-balanced breakfasts, which we think everyone probably needs right now. But before we get into it, don't forget to subscribe right where you're listening. And if you find yourself with an extra minute or two, leave us a rating and a review too. Those ratings really help other busy parents and home cooks find us. Whoop, whoop. So Stacy, it's January. It's the season for you to completely change who you are <laughs> fundamentally. <laughs> From the ground up, new year, new rebuild. You really suck. Twenty twenty one is the year that you're going to be better. So ditch everything you've been doing, and certainly everything you've been eating. And new year, new you. Finally, fabulous. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, seriously, isn't that how reading some of this stuff makes you feel? Yes and no. Like, you definitely, there's some part of me that I'm like, oh, yeah, it is a new year and I should set new goals. But I think if 2020 taught us anything, it's like you really can't plan too far ahead. 2020 <laughs> is the first year that we ever, like, planned out our whole year as if I, I was, like, gung-ho. We were driving back from that epic road trip that we did, and I had Google do- all these Google Docs open, and I made, like, lists of all the house projects we were going to do every month and the trips we were going to take, and none of that happened because 2020 was a global pandemic year, and 2021 is going to be a little bit, too, and so... I'm not susceptible to it as I once was. And I feel like we're really lucky because we have smart listeners. And most of them, if they're setting goals, are setting like smart, actionable goals, right? I think so. I would hope so. I mean, I do think that there's a lot more conversation than there used to be about how ridiculous some of the coverage of the new year is when it comes to food and lifestyle publications. Yeah. And I was being sarcastic. I'm glad to hear that it doesn't actually (laughs) penetrate (laughs) your psyche, nor does it mine, but it's hard not to feel like, is that like, are you taking a step back and like reading (laughs) your work and reading that headline? And like, how do you think you're going to make people feel with that? It's just so over the top sometimes. A smoothie is probably not going to change my life. No, it definitely will not. (laughs) You know, listen, there are a lot of people who say that, you know, Catherine McCord, I think this time last year, we interviewed her for her Smoothie Project book, and she really did feel like getting into a routine with smoothies did really make a shift for one of her kids. And that's what inspired the project in the book. But that really comes with new habits, making a commitment over the long term, (laughs) doing a ton of research. I mean, the woman wrote a smoothie book (laughs) because she had to experiment that much to figure it out. It's not an article that's been tweaked for, you know, search engine optimization that has five smoothie recipes is going to like shift your whole well-being. But, you know, even that stuff, I think that we have really worked hard to adopt Uh, You decide for yourself, listeners, what healthy is to you, what it means for your family. 
you know, how you want to cook at home, what you have the resources to cook, what you even care to think about and not think about. So we just try to put a lot of information out there. And as we were thinking about the new year and just like, what does healthy mean to us here at Didn't I Just Feed You? It's really so flexible that one of the only things we could come up with (laughs) was breakfast. Because I think we can all agree that starting the day off with a well-balanced grouping of ingredients sets your day up right, you know? And what well-balanced means, we're going to leave that up to you guys. That does certainly does not mean that we're like ditching cereal for breakfast because, oh my God. Oh God, no. We love it. It saves our lives so many times. But we also know that getting a well-rounded breakfast on the table can feel like more work. We already do meal planning and dinner. And so, you know, cereal is popular for a reason. You just take it out. It's delicious. You eat it. You're, you go. So how can we give you guys shortcuts to expand your breakfast repertoire to be more well-balanced if that's something you're looking for? Yes. Yes. And we have done one other breakfast-centric episode, it was this idea about make ahead breakfast for back to school. And that can be a really good one. If you are like a heavy meal prepper meal planner to go back and listen to that, because I think there there will be some recipe crossover. But the idea that like you can make big batches of things and then parcel them out throughout the week to make breakfast easier was really helpful. How does breakfast go down in your house, Stacey? For anyone who's like a new listener and doesn't know, like tell us a little bit. And it's probably different now than the last time we talked about it because that was episode 50 and here we are on episode 123. Yeah, it's totally different. So it'll be interesting to see hmm, what happens when the kids go back to school. I'm actually just thinking out loud here because back then Mike was in charge, Mike, my husband, was in charge of breakfast. Mm -hmm. And he just basically had like a fairly short repertoire of things, you know, like loaded oatmeal, Greek yogurt, chia seeds, hemp seeds, a bunch of stuff, cereal, hard-boiled eggs if they were prepped ahead of time, toasts, lots of different kinds of toasts. Yes. Toasts were really big. Um, You know, sometimes almond butter, sometimes butter and jam. And like he would just rotate those out. And it worked. I mean, my kids are pretty fine having the same thing over and over, the same five things in rotation. But since the pandemic, he now wakes up early and takes the other child, puppy Ziggy, Ziggy Stardog, (laughs) to off-leash every morning or on a long walk. So I have been doing breakfast. And for most of the days, my kids go to in-person school two days a week each. Most of the days I have a little bit more time. So on the days when the kids are home, I really have been reminded that making scrambled eggs literally takes two seconds because eggs are one of the only things that my kids that I feel is like a really good protein, hefty, nice breakfast that I can reliably get them to eat. So a lot of breakfast sandwiches done really quickly on days when they go to school and it's a little bit more rushed smoothies, yogurt, toast is like what is in rotation. So that's where we stand currently 
So kind of falling back on some old standbys for breakfast. Definitely. And I imagine we'll go back to that more as the kids maybe go to camp if we're so lucky this summer um, and go back to school next year. Yes. What about you? So I'm in like a similar boat in that my husband mostly handles breakfast because he has a more flexible schedule. And also, I'm not a morning person. (laughs) I feel like we don't talk about that enough. I don't know. I'm a night owl. And it's hard. It's hard for me to get up in the mornings, especially in like pandemic year. I feel like I've gotten in a bad habit of like sleeping in as late as I can. And so he does rely on cereal a lot. And I think part of the reason that I was like, yes, we should do this episode is because I struggle with helping him figure out breakfast that I feel a little bit better about. I think cereal is actually fine. But if I was going to serve it at like for breakfast for our kids, I would also add like fruit to it. Or sometimes I would offer like cereal and yogurt, like getting a little bit more protein and some more nutrition on top of the cereal would be my strategy. He does a lot of like English muffins with peanut butter. And then a couple times a week, he'll do bacon and scrambled eggs and toast. But honestly, my kids are like day to day on scrambled eggs. Like sometimes Emmett, my youngest, will just absolutely devour them. Recently, I made scrambled eggs for breakfast and he told me he did not like them as much as dad's. I don't don't know why, but okay. Um, I think they're the same, like scrambled eggs. He's playing with you. I can tell it hurt. I can tell it got you a little. (laughs) You're like, okay, I I mean, fine. You're entitled to your opinion. (laughs) I think I make better eggs. I think he was really (laughs) upset because I put cheese on top of them. Oh, yeah. And then Brian, Brian really tried to like talk him into liking the cheese. And I was like, well, I put it on top because if you don't want it. We can just kind of like slide it right off, which we did. But then he said he didn't like them as much. So cheese and scrambled eggs is a deal breaker for Oliver. Really? Yeah. Isn't I that crazy? cheesy scrambled eggs. I yeah, do too. Isaac kinda... does too. Isaac wants so much cheese in his. So the only annoying thing is that I do end up having to cook, not really in two shifts, because I just take out Oliver's yeah. and then add. But the other thing is that Isaac, the one who likes cheese, if he had his druthers, likes softer scrambled eggs and Mm -hmm. oliver likes his eggs hard like way overcooked like he doesn't want a single goopy slime like nothing it must everything must be hard but he's also the one who doesn't want the cheese so (laughs) your eggs have to come out earlier it's annoying but you know these are the little things okay I will say, I think that's why Emmett doesn't didn't like my eggs as much as Brian's because Brian's are very dry. Yeah, very oh, no. dry eggs. Yeah, he like cooks the crap out of them. Yeah, it's no like, offense. It's, like some people are into their eggs that way. It's not how I like to. Get I down. find it like borderline offensive. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the way Oliver likes it, I do not too. in general, but like so hard that like you almost yeah. have that like thin crunch on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have you ever gotten that? Yeah. It's or like sometimes it even gets like browned on the bottom. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
Like, also, like, you would be, like, killed in culinary school for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all for that kind of egg if we're talking about, like, an egg casserole or something where it's, like, kind of intentional and there's other contrast of textures in other places in the eggs. But, like, when it's all like that, that's going to be a hard pass for me. Girl, we obviously need an egg episode in another time. (laughs) I know. I was like, is this accidentally turning in? To an egg episode. Okay. So I wanted to say, I'm remembering that we talked with Sarah of the Mom Hour back in November for, for a really cool retreat they did for their listeners. And one of the things we talked about was things we do to take care of ourselves. And I was saying that I'm really bad at eating breakfast for myself. Like sometimes I even make breakfast for the whole family and then I get sidetracked like on the weekends, like, and then I get sidetracked trying to dive into projects and stuff. And a lifesaver for me this year is making sure that when I grocery shop or do a grocery order, adding some of the things that I like to eat for breakfast that are like grab and go are really helpful. And I think that might be like a good jumping off point because I think if you can afford it, I'm not saying like you have to do it every week or like for everyday breakfast, but maybe there are like a handful of things that you can shop for that will help you shortcut to breakfast. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I have some of those. And then like what you can do with them. Yes, yes, yes. So for me, and also Ella really loves these, I will buy the like yogurts with granola that you can get. There's a new brand. I'm going to say it wrong. It's going to be like the Vinegar League and the Acid League and the What We're Eating Now episode. So maybe I'll say it. I think it's Ellos. And it's like very low sugar. It comes with fruit and granola on the top to add to it. And that's like something I can grab and go and take to my office. I think that you're really good at like having Greek yogurt and granola separately. Yeah. So I actually, my tip is the opposite of yours, where I only, I buy a big tub of Greek yogurt, plain always. I prefer whole fat yes, because I believe that that's healthier and it's tastier, (laughs) more importantly. And I feel like then everybody can flavor their own. Like nuts is something, you know, I love granola. My kids love granola. Granola can have a lot of sugar. And I feel like sometimes if I just sprinkled chia seeds, hemp seeds, and nuts, they get the same effect because they always want something sweet poured on the yogurt anyway. Yeah. So that stuff is sugar-free, and then they, like, douse it with honey or maple syrup are their two favorite things to use. I use Greek sour cherries and syrup. But even, like, candied pecans from Trader Joe's are delicious and make the kids feel like, like, plain Greek yogurt with candied pecans and maple syrup is a really popular one. Again, I think that for breakfast, for me, it's about a lot of like add-ins that are easy, hemp seeds, chia seeds. Now, granted, to make those as nutritious as is often claimed in publications, you'd have to eat a ton of it. But like a tablespoon of hemp seeds or chia seeds will give you some like a nice little boost. It's not change your life nutrition, but a little boost. And if you add that to your smoothie, your yogurt, your something a little bit every day, it adds up. And the Greek yogurt has protein and the plain is lower in sugar. I love this. Actually, we should link to on Kitchen. I have this like seedy protein mix from years ago. And it's something that like, 
I think it has sunflower seeds, chia seeds, ground flax seeds, and then maybe pumpkin seeds. And it was something that at the time I was adding a lot to our breakfast smoothies. But thinking about shortcutting breakfast and like having that mix, that seedy mix yes. like already assembled so you can just sprinkle it on top of your yogurt would be so helpful. Because I have to say, if people are willing to make sprinkles, <laughs> which they know, yes, we know they are. are. It's like, <laughs> this December, we had chocolate and sugar and salt together. Yes. And in January, it's going to yes. be hemp seeds and pumpkin yes. seeds. Yes. yes. Ladies, um, gentlemen, <laughs> if you're willing to make sprinkles, you can make some protein sprinkle mix. <laughs> yes. Okay. I do want to put you on the spot here, though, and say, for me, getting out, like, the yogurt and the honey or maple syrup and the seed mix or the granola and maybe the fruit. Like, it's too much for someone <laughs> who routinely wakes up late and is, like, trying to fly out the door to the office or get everyone signed online to school. So is there a strategy for this, like, yogurt bowl, which we know is, like, nutritionally sound, that sh- helps shortcut it in in a way? Do you ever make them in advance or do you have strategies for that? Yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, this is going to sound like I'm joking, but I think the main strategy is that kids can do this or at least yeah. start it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like when Oliver's in charge of putting honey or maple syrup on his yogurt because then he'll literally he put like half. Yes. Yeah. But like... <laughs> Your kids, even at their age, they're younger than mine, can easily scoop yogurt into their bowl. You know, right. and in the morning, if you just have the seedy mix out and the yeah. maple syrup, you can make it ahead. I find that a lot of times, like, you know, if you go to like a Starbucks or a cafe and they have those like pre-prepped granola cups with yogurt, mm-hmm. if they haven't used something that separates the granola, it gets a little bit soft, which is not something I love. It's also not a big deal. But you can make it ahead and keep the like CD mix in a little like cupcake liner, you know, on the counter, Mm -hmm. just like pour it out in the morning so that you just like pull out the yogurt bowl that's otherwise prepped. It's got yogurt and cherries or yogurt and honey. You throw it in their face. They put the little CD mix on. The other thing is that instead of doing seeds or like a different, like a whole bunch of little things, you could put frozen strawberries, blueberries, any kind of frozen fruit that you like with your yogurt, just a little bit at the bottom of a bowl, put yogurt on top and then leave it in the fridge overnight. And it becomes like fruit on the bottom yogurt. It'll Mm. thaw overnight. And when the fruit thaws already in the yogurt, you know, not in a strainer or something like that, it's going to get like soft and mushy is not the most appealing word I know, but like that's the truth (laughs) of it, which is exactly what the fruit at the bottom of the yogurt is like anyway. Yeah. Right? So you can do that instead. And then they're getting fruit and plain yogurt, but the plain yogurt will be sweetened by the defrosted fruit and fruit has fiber. So that's something that you could prep ahead and just put in the fridge and just like literally pull out in the morning. I also love using the frozen fruit as a shortcut because it's already prepped for you. You know, it's yeah. you, your strawberries are already cut up. The blueberries are already rinsed and washed and you're like literally throwing it into the bottom of a jar, which is so smart. I do want to shout out, there was this, I'm going to say a literal hack a few years ago that was re- that was like going around the web where people were taking, you know, those like deli 
condiment containers that like your Parmesan from the pizza place comes in. Yep, totally. People were, or like, but maybe like a little bit bigger. People were taking those and like securing them to the top, in between the like mason jar lid and the top of the mason jar so that you could put like cereal or granola or whatever. Yeah, above, I've done that. Yes, suspended totally. above your yogurt. So we should drop a picture in the show notes so that that makes sense or link to how to do that. Because that could be really helpful for anyone who does work outside of the house and maybe wants to prep a couple of those. But you to know get, what's so to funny going. to me? Doing that the night before seems like so much more work to me than in the morning just like scooping and throwing a whole bunch of crap into the bowl. This is <laughs> like this is the difference between a morning person and a night owl. Well right it's here. funny because I'm not I'm, I'm so like, not a morning person. Dirty at night. Oh yeah. no. Yeah. I'm so not a morning person either. But like once I've cooked dinner, I have nothing left to give the kitchen. Like I can I and I Mike cleans the kitchen and I'm done in there. Like I'm not yeah. baking a dessert. I'm not I I'm am. done. I am I, Yeah, totally. It's just like so different habits. So you can prep ahead or not. Either way, this is like a five minute thing. I want to also mention, I know it sounds a little bit weird, but in November, it wouldn't have sounded weird. Canned pumpkin or canned sweet potato, they're basically interchangeable people. Swirling that with yogurt and some cinnamon and honey and making that, that can be prepped ahead also, just like the frozen fruit trick. And it's like a pumpkin spice yogurt parfait, whatever you want to call it. But pumpkin and sweet potato are nutrient dense. You can get it canned without sugar. So then you can control how much maple syrup or honey you want to put in there. And it's got some fiber. You got the Greek yogurt that, you know, has the protein like we've been talking about. That's also a really great one. Ooh, you opening up the door to canned food is incredibly helpful and inspiring. First, I want to say, if you're doing pumpkin or sweet potato from a can, you're also getting vegetables in at breakfast, which I feel like that's a huge win. But also, it's worth mentioning they're not a sponsor of this episode, but they've been a sponsor in the past. Oregon Fruit has like their tart cherries, which are packed in water, so they don't have any added sugar. And you could totally use those in lieu of like pitting all of your own cherries and making parfaits with them. So there's lots of canned fruit options that are low in sugar and shortcut the prep for you having a balanced breakfast. So let's move on from yogurt because this is, I mean, there are non-dairy yogurts, but some people don't like yogurt. I will just quickly say that any kind of oatmeal or porridge or morning grain works with a lot of these ideas as well, where you can prep it ahead and then add a bunch of seeds, add the maple syrup, add the sweet potato or frozen fruit, whatever you want to do. And a lot of morning porridges and oatmeals, there are tons of recipes where you can either like make and portion it ahead or you can like throw in a slow cooker or an instant pot and have it ready in the morning. Yes. Okay. I wanted to actually talk a lot about oatmeal because I feel like that's one of those go-tos that like can be really delicious and really satisfying and also I would like preach to the end of the earth about how awesome overnight oats are because you can make like a big batch of them and then have breakfast for five days and still flavor them differently do you make overnight oats very often I do for some reason my kids don't like it as much I mean because my kids prefer warm oatmeal. And so I end up heating it up in the microwave. And I don't know, it just doesn't feel the same. 
But I do, I do make it. I find it convenient. I also like just adding like steel cut oats, which are like marginally healthier. It hardly matters, but it's they have a nice toothsomeness that I really like. Like I like yeah. the texture. And if you throw it in the instant pot and keep it warm, then you have that in the morning too. And it's like already warmed. It's literally scoop and serve. Yeah. I will say for like classic rolled oats, not the instant kind. And for steel cut oats, you can put them like if you don't want to run the slow cooker overnight or like you don't have a slow cooker or an instant pot available to you, you can put both of them in water overnight, like in the pot, you would cook them and just warm them up in the morning on the stove. It makes regular oats cook in like five minutes or less and steel cut oats, it cuts the cooking time in half. So that's also like a really awesome shortcut strategy for oatmeal. If you're going to do that on the weekdays and you need to get it done quickly because you don't wake up on time like me. Okay. Uh (laughs) I want to pause on this because you mentioned instant oats and I was going to bring this up because I did some research on this back in the day. There are three main kinds of oatmeal. We've already talked about them. Rolled oats, steel cut, which almost look like little pellets. (laughs) Yeah. I never know how else to put it. And then instant oatmeal, which you just add hot liquid to it, water, milk, whatever. Instant oats have a reputation for being less healthy. And it turns out, I did the research on this, all three forms of oatmeal have a similar nutritional profile when they're consumed plain. Okay, so you're going to get marginally more fiber here. That's what I was saying earlier. Like steel cut oats have a reputation for being better for you. Yeah, like little. It's not going to like make a major difference. So, you know, rolled oats have been steamed longer and then rolled so that they're flat and they cook a little bit more quickly. Instant oatmeal is a rolled oat that has already been steamed so that it cooks more quickly when you just add hot water to it. You don't have to cook it as long, but it's basically the same thing as a rolled oat. It's just been steamed. So I don't want you guys to feel like you can't just buy instant oatmeal. You can. I think that the tricky thing is that the instant oatmeals that are flavored have a ton of sugar in them that you haven't controlled. If this is not important to you, it doesn't matter. Please go for it. Like, it's still a nutritious breakfast. But if you want to manage the sugar, then just buy plain. (laughs) I want to say one other thing about the plain instant oatmeals, because I've found this. You'll see some that have flaxseed added, and sometimes something like that will end up costing a little bit more than just the plain instant oatmeal. But please notice if the flax seeds have been ground, because I've caught a couple of brands where there are whole flax seeds in there and a whole flax seed isn't, you have to grind the flax seeds ahead of time for your body to like get the most out of it. So you're paying for something that you're not getting the most out of. So that's just something like weird and small to look out for. Yeah. I would actually say overall, the if we're talking about instant oats, the little packages that you can buy in a box that are a single serving are way more expensive ounce for ounce than if you just bought a carton or a bag of instant oats. And actually, I bought instant oats in November or December for 
those classic no-bake peanut butter chocolate cookies because yeah. instant oats make a, a slightly better texture than rolled oats. And we bought like the Bob's Red Mill brand. So it's like a little bit more expensive than buying the classic Quaker brand. But the quality of them for how fast they cook is well worth it. And we still save money over buying the little tiny packets. Plus, it's way less waste, right? Like, it's just one bag for literally hundreds of servings of the Instant Oats. So I really love that. And I think that's a really great option if you like having oatmeal and you like having instant oatmeal and you just want to make one swap from, like, your highly sweetened packaged envelopes to something a little bit where you have a little more control over the nutrition in it. So do you guys eat any other grains besides oatmeal? Yes. Tell us. I have this thing that I really like sometimes to serve what is like typically air quotes dinner food for breakfast. Like no one gets to decide for you. You get to decide. So we like quesadillas. I've made ramen noodles with like an egg mixed in (laughs) for breakfast. But one of the things my both my kids really love rice, like brown rice, and I'll cook it in a big batch and then heat it up like oatmeal and serve it with milk and a little bit of brown sugar and fruit. And then also quinoa or like a mixture of some of those like whole grain things quinoa is another one that's really great because you can add it to oatmeal like i'll take a a pot of regular rolled oats so again those are the like flattened oats that are a little bit hardier than the instant oats i'll take those and like a couple tablespoons of just regular white quinoa and put them in a pot overnight to soak and then in the morning they cook almost instantly together and it's that thing like that you love about steel cut oats where like you get the softness of the regular oatmeal but then you get a little bit of like chewy delight from the quinoa yeah um so i really like that what about you do you guys do other grains for breakfast pretty much only quinoa but i have to say that i i know people are definitely rolling their eyes at this and i get it there is a right way to cook quinoa so that it doesn't taste smoky and weird (laughs) in a way that your kids will not like bitter yeah yeah right and if you do it, it really does not have a strong flavor. So if you've never experienced quinoa to not have a strong flavor and to be more of a blank canvas similar to oatmeal, then we're going to put a link in the show notes to a piece I wrote on how to cook quinoa properly. And it does require a little extra work. So if you're that person, hi, I'm raising my hand over here. You can't see me, but <laughs> where sometimes you don't rinse your rice and then you're like, oh, this rice isn't the greatest. It's because you didn't rinse it, but okay. So with quinoa, if you don't rinse it, you're going to get that like smokier, bitter flavor. And you have to rinse it by rubbing your hands together, like rubbing it in your hands, because there's like a sheath on the quinoa that you need to rub off. That's where the bitter flavor is coming from. So quinoa is a nice one to prep at night or to meal prep for the week. And then if you have a whole batch of it that's plain and is like a blank canvas, you can use it for dinner, but then you can also use it for breakfast in the same way that you would use oatmeal. Yes. Also, shout out, because we're trying to talk about shortcuts, shout out to buying like the plain pre-cooked envelopes of the shelf-stable ones of like your favorite green mix or quinoa or whatever your family, like you can get frozen rice and have that for breakfast sometimes too. Like don't discount your dinner shortcuts as breakfast shortcuts too. Can we dive into eggs and are there ways to shortcut 
eggs for breakfast or make them more nutritious, more filling. Yeah. So, you know, because an egg is science geek talk, because an egg is an embryo, it literally has everything you need to sustain life in like contained within the shell. (laughs) Truly. That's why it's so nutritious. I don't know why this is so funny to me. I just am thinking about like having eggs in the morning and they're just being like this epic uh, halo of light above you. Like, oh, yeah, dude, you can have a good day now. (laughs) It has everything you need. It is such a nutritional powerhouse. And it's magic in the kitchen. It makes magic. You know I love an egg. You are like preaching to the choir right, right? right now. Like but, half oh my of the gosh, things that you're like, why. how is that, that done? How did the chef do it? It's probably an egg. Yeah. But for breakfast and a shortcut. I mean, my kids really like hard-boiled eggs. So that makes my life easy. I can just hard-boil a whole bunch of eggs at any point in the week when I have like nine minutes. And then just pop them in the fridge. If you have an Instant Pot, even better, because it takes just as long, to be completely honest, by the time it comes to pressure and all that. But the pressure in your Instant Pot will help the shell separate from the membrane, which when they stick together is why it can be so hard to peel an egg. So that's a nice little bonus Mm -hmm. for using your Instant Pot. Yeah. Okay. Very detailed question. Do you store your eggs, your hard-boiled eggs? They've been cooked. They've been cooled. Are they? Are you peeling them before you pop them in the fridge for breakfast? Or are you peeling them when you're ready to eat them? We peel them when we're ready to eat them. Okay. Do you find that's easier or more difficult? Is there a reason you do that? I'm just curious because I've never decided either way how I like to do I feel like when you peel them ahead of time and leave them in the fridge, they're more prone to getting rubbery. Okay. And I don't like that. I think that's fair. But I've never done a test, so I can't say for sure. I think whatever is easy for you, to be honest. Like, the point is, you can then shake it with everything bagel seasoning, with crunchy salt, with curry powder. I mean, literally whatever your kids like. Sprinkle it on top, and it's great. Like, one or two and a piece of toast, or skip the piece of toast. I sometimes make egg sandwiches with hard-boiled eggs. People think of egg sandwiches as being only over easy or scrambled, but I'll pop an English muffin and then peel the egg and that's it. Like, it's beautiful. My little one will like it with a little mustard and mayo and pickles because he'll eat pickles in the morning and it's delish. Yeah. I love doing just like a half or like halved hard boiled eggs and then like crunchy vegetables, like celery, cucumber, carrots as a breakfast option. That's a great breakfast. Yeah, and even like with a little hummus on the side, Emmett's really into hummus in general. So that's a way that he'll eat eggs. Ella is weirdly like she does not like the yolk of a hard boiled egg. I'm like, girl, that's the best part of the whole entire egg. So I'm often like pulling out her yolks and saving them for future egg salad or or a couple of like deviled eggs later in the week. But we do fill them with things like the everything bagel seasoning, sometimes cream cheese, sometimes hummus, like anything like a little bit flavorful that adds a little fat to the, the egg white will do for her and she'll eat that. That's awesome. Egg salad is a great breakfast, too. And if you make a batch ahead of time, then you have it for lunches as well. I'll totally eat egg salad on a piece of toast for breakfast. And then we do scramble. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I love egg salad so much. 
dill, so does Brian. chives, no. Dijon mustard, mm-hmm. a little mayo, salt and pepper. It's going to be like the time I said I didn't really like grapes. We're going to get a lot of hate mail because people I, really love you know, egg salad. I can't get into it. I'm so sorry, you guys. You like tuna salad, though? I will eat tuna salad. Remember, I have like a weird, like, I don't love those mayonnaise-based salads. I must have had a traumatic experience that I've repressed that I can't remember. But like, yeah, I like pasta salad with olive oil instead of mayonnaise. No, I think there are people who are with you on this one. Yeah. I think it's like a thing for some people. Yeah. So egg salad falls in that category. But actually, my whole family loves it. And so this is a good reminder to make it. So that they can have it for breakfast. And then just see, leave some of the hard-boiled eggs aside for yourself, like plain. Yeah, exactly. But I just want to give a shout out. I know that if you don't have time to clean the pan as well, this is not a practical suggestion. But really, we started with scrambled eggs early on, and they literally take three minutes. I don't even whisk them in a bowl ahead of time anymore. Because I'm making them so frequently, and I don't feel like I have time for multiple steps and cleaning multiple things, I will literally crack them into the pan as though I'm making over easy eggs. And then I'll use my silicone spatula and just like wiggle them. It's exactly the wrong way to cook them. But when you're cooking them to death anyway, because your 11-year-old has questionable taste in it, (laughs) scrambled eggs, (laughs) then who cares? Okay, wait. I literally just have a spatula and a nonstick pan to wash. Takes two seconds. Epicurious wrote about this several years ago. We will link to the story. I reviewed it for Kitchen. This is a technique where you scramble them in the pan and it makes a lot of times like a more lush egg. Obviously, if you're not if you're not cooking (laughs) to Oliver's standard. (laughs) Yeah, but that is a strategy. That you can use. So um, I don't think you're you're doing anything wrong there. And Isaac really loves sausage. So I've also been buying frozen sausage patties. So literally, Ooh, as soon yeah. as I come downstairs in the morning, I put the nonstick pan on the heat. I put the tiniest drizzle of olive oil and I throw two frozen sausage patties into the pan. Now I like make my coffee, whatever, prep, take my first sip, flip the sausage. Take the sausage out as soon as it's heated through, and then I crack the eggs straight into that pan. Do my little egg thing, pop some English muffins in the toaster, and then by the time I'm done with my coffee, it's a sausage, egg, and cheese sandwich, one pan, one silicone spatula. Literally, that's it. Okay, that was so helpful to walk through that. Really? Was it? Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm like, oh, that's such a... I want to make Brian listen to this episode. Um, Because he's the person who struggles, like he'll cook bacon in the cast iron skillet and then he'll try to scramble eggs in it and like doesn't like usually doesn't have enough fat. And then he's like, all the eggs yeah. to the bottom of the pan. He's so frustrated. Shout out to a nonstick skillet. I know sometimes they get a bad rap. There was a couple of years where everyone's like, they're not really healthy. Well, they're not really healthy if you use them over high heat, which you shouldn't really be doing for eggs anyways. And honestly, like if it makes your life easier in the morning, rather than like scrubbing the cast iron pan, just pull out the nonstick skillet and cook everything in that. I literally have one nine inch nonstick pan and it's almost exclusively (laughs) for this purpose. Like this is because I need the morning to be really easy. Like I I don't have time. 
because I've had the same experience as Brian with the cast iron skillet. And it's very frustrating because you want to like, as soon as they're out the door, I want to be going upstairs, like starting my work day. Like I'm done. Yes. I don't want them to be out the door and then to feel like I'm cleaning up breakfast. That's a no-go. Yes. Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinner time overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter Butcherbox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At Butcherbox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of one hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free, and wild caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. This episode is brought to you with support from Whole Foods. As our resident Greek girl, I am a sucker for Mediterranean flavors and want you to taste the Mediterranean too. Go to Whole Foods Market now and save on regionally inspired products through March 19th. Find sales on animal welfare certified meat, including boneless, skinless, air-chilled chicken breast, bone-in beef short ribs, ground lamb, and more. Save on whole bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. And stock up on Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles, whole wheat pita pockets, and if you're over 21, wines from Spain, Greece, and Italy. Grab your ingredients and experiment with family-friendly Mediterranean cuisine today. Think Greek-style ground lamb pitas, lemony oven-roasted chicken, or bronzino, or instant pot short ribs braised in wine. All simple and delicious. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Homethreads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Like, I still want to talk about eggs, but for those of us aka me who like can't get it together to scramble eggs in the morning there are a ton of options of things that you can make ahead or buy to shortcut eggs for breakfast right like you can buy those little sous vide egg bites or like you can buy those now at the grocery store right and like yes, a four totally. pack 
It's very expensive. Or don't you have a great recipe for instant pot, an instant pot version I on stacybillis.com? I do. Yeah. And I really like it. I was in a good, actually, it's a good reminder that I should put that back into the routine. Yeah, like egg whites, you put a little cottage cheese, which gives you a little extra like healthy fat and protein. And then you just put them in little muffin cups and put them in the instant pot and then you have them for the week. I love to do that, not in the Instant Pot, but when I'm meal prepping and like baking potatoes or roasting veggies, do them in a muffin pan. I find that like that's a really super easy grab and go breakfast. But also if you don't want to clean a muffin pan or you don't have an Instant Pot, doing like a very basic egg bake and then cutting it into grab and go pieces yeah, is another that's great a good strategy. One. I found that just like having like leftover breakfast casseroles from over the holidays, if I cut it up, then everyone would just like grab their little pieces and kind of like do snacky breakfast with that and a piece of fruit. And it was such a lifesaver. And then you can add vegetables. You can buy pre-graded frozen hash browns and throw them in there or like saute a little baby spinach and throw it in there, cut up peppers, whatever your family likes, you can kind of make. It's basically making an egg casserole that you cut up. I wanted to say it's kind of like making a frittata, but making it well in advance. Yeah, totally. Frittatas are actually another great thing that you can make in advance. Make your frittata, cut it into wedges, and pop it in the fridge. Also, breakfast burritos are one of my favorite things to make in advance. It's a thing I often make for new parents, like make a bunch of frozen breakfast burritos that they can eat any time of the day or night. But recently, I saw this tip from Talia Corin, who runs the Instagram, and has a whole program called Workweek Lunch. It's basically like a meal planning tool. She does a thing where she makes a basically makes a frittata egg casserole and then puts that into a tortilla to make almost instant breakfast burritos. And then you can freeze the whole thing. I thought that was so smart. Because when I make breakfast burritos otherwise, I'm like roasting vegetables, cooking sausage, and making eggs separately, and then rolling them all up. Okay, I'm so glad you brought this up because I think that this is hilarious that as soon as you said breakfast burritos and frozen bread, I was like, hell no. Like, no. Too much work for me (laughs) because I'm not prepping for breakfast. Like, I don't, like, I already do so much in the kitchen. Like, I am not going to prep. I'm not going to cook extra and make a whole bunch of things. To me, like, I'd so much rather what is the three things I need to have and quickly assemble the morning of. And for you, it's the reverse. So it's good. I feel like we're covering all of our bases. I cannot be bothered with anything in the morning. And also, like, this is a problem, the, like, figuring out a well-balanced breakfast that I am, like, so happy to throw money at. Like, I will buy all the shortcuts. Yeah, and that's so funny. So that I can sleep in for five extra minutes, I swear. Because I also, I don't buy a lot of shortcuts. I was buying the sous vide egg bites for a little while for myself only because they were expensive. And then I was like, this is so silly. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Because there are a lot of breakfasts that I feel like take seven minutes to throw together. But for you, you're like, no, seven minutes is way too long. So this is really great. I do think that the frittata as the key When you say it that way, it makes me feel like a terrible person. Why? I feel like a terrible person that I'm like, oh, my God, a burrito will kill me. Like, that's also, like, insane. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Maybe I just have the giggles today, but I'm like, wow, I can't be bothered with seven minutes worth of cooking sleep- in the morning. Girl, you're sleeping I- for seven extra minutes. That is legit. Yeah. <laughs> that is legit. I really cannot after dinner. I'm not. The breakfast I'm not. burritos. You can't. Yeah. But the tortilla in the breakfast burrito solves so much because you can literally put everything in that egg. Like, if I can dump it all in one bowl, like a little crumbled sausage, a little beans, da da da, da whisk it up, put it in a pan, and then, like, that's it. Like, it's done. I just cut it and wrap it in a tortilla. Like, ah, oh, we're getting into, like, territory I can manage. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to bring, I think I'm going to commit right now to bringing us a recipe for something like that awesome. for this week's show notes. Yeah, with all of our favorite things in it. Like, be- I don't, how, why do I forget to put beans in breakfast burritos? This is just a good idea, Stacey. Oh, okay. beans. Love beans for breakfast. I know. I feel like, should we talk about that for a minute? Or should we leave it at these, like, ideas of taking your breakfast staples, your templates, and turning it in, like, these ways to make it more nutritious? Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably good because I do feel like maybe kids, not all of them, but some kids might scoff at beans. <laughs> My kids would. So I don't know. I'm so curious, actually. I would love to hear from people about, like, kids accepting beans as a breakfast food. Yeah. I do want to jump into a couple more things that are, like, truly shortcuts. Get what is protein powder? I want to talk about protein mm. powder for a second. Okay. I think I talked about this what like in an episode about feeding a teen at some point. I think you've ta- we've talked about it a handful of times, like in the smoothie episode, in the make ahead breakfast, and definitely in the feeding the teens. So I, Mike and I have keep a big thing of protein powder for ourselves. Like Mike sometimes will even add it to his coffee and make like a coffee situation with a little extra fat and protein powder and whatever. I mostly add them to smoothies for myself and also smoothies for the boys. But like recently, if I feel like there's just a lot of cereal or even just like a lot of like plain oatmeal and they don't want yogurt, they're in a phase where it's mostly carbs, which is great. Like carbs are good. Carbs are energy. They have fiber, a lot of them. But I'm like, oh, I wish they were eating a little more protein because I feel like protein is what gives you that sustainable energy, that more even energy, Uh which I think helps in school or work. I'll add a scoop of protein powder. You can find so many that don't have a flavor at all that you can even stir into, well, yogurt already has protein, but stir it into the yogurt and give them a little extra boost or, you know, stir it into the oatmeal or the quinoa porridge or whatever. I love it. And you have a couple brands that you really like, which you'll share with us in the show notes. Cause I remember there was a thread at one point in the listeners group. Cause everyone was like, Oh, we need a protein powder that tastes good or doesn't taste at all. Actually, I think I had one. I'll I'll recommend the one that I use that I don't feel like tastes like anything, but it's a whey-based protein, which I don't know if that's something that's vegan-friendly. But our Mm. editor, Samantha, has protein powder recommendations, too. And there was a thread. So we'll gather as much as we can on protein powders. And then nut butters. So I know not it's not allergy-friendly, obvious. But because my kids can't take almond butter or nut butter to school, I do like to incorporate it into their breakfast when I can because lots of nice fiber, protein, good healthy fats. My kids love an apple pie smoothie that I make that has spinach, a spoonful of almond butter, protein powder, apples, a little bit of apple cider, and uh, pumpkin pie spice. And it's really good. Oliver doesn't normally like 
almond butter very much. And actually, he's not a huge fan of peanut butter either. But mixed into the smoothie, it's fine. He totally likes it. And for kids who don't like nut butter that much, but if they like, "Mm, they kind of will be into it, you know, like the typical stuff, bananas, honey, mix it with a little bit of Nutella even, like a spoonful of Nutella or fluff. I actually looked this up this summer. Fluff, like a tablespoon of fluff does not have a ton of sugar. Like that bowl of cereal has way more. So if that entices your kid to eat a piece of whole grain toast with peanut butter on it, I personally think that's a win. Fluff always works with all Oliver. <laughs> yes. Okay. I wanted to shout out because if you can't have nut butters, there are like actually a ton of seed-based butters on the market now that are delicious. You can flavor tahini to use in lieu Yum. of a nut butter. And then it's been a couple of years since I've tried any of the ones that are on the market, but I know that there are like soy or chickpea based butter, peanut butter alternatives that you can buy at the supermarket now. So that might also be a really good option for adding protein to smoothies or yogurt bowls or even adding them to toast, like you mentioned. I also feel like before we wrap out the show, we should talk about cereal because I think we've like give cereal a bad rap, but there there are like cereal options that are lower in sugar. And there are also some strategies for making a bowl of cereal a little bit more balanced, right? Yes. Uh, There's also something I want to talk about before we close out. I want to talk about smoothies. So let's, should we talk cereal first? Either one. No, let's close with cereal. I like the idea of making cereal nutritious. That's going out with a bang. (laughs) So very quickly, I want to point out that smoothies can be very high in sugar. I was recently speaking to my endocrinologist, who is the doctor who oversees my PCOS regimen. And she like reminded me again because I was back in like a smoothie routine. And she was like, I just have to remind you. I would much rather you eat a piece of whole grain bread with almond butter than drink a smoothie that has a ton of fruit and sugar or juice. And it was such a like good reminder because I'm like, carbs, no, like that's going to make me crash for the day. But one piece that's whole grain that's paired with something that has a lot of fiber and protein is actually going to be way better for me. So Just a couple of tips on making your smoothie lower sugar, if that's something you like, is to skip the juice. Even plant-based milks can have a lot of sugar, but especially if you get them flavored. But if you get like a plain oatly or oat milk or a plain almond milk or soy milk sometimes, like just check the sugar content. And what I do sometimes is I'll get the flavored one or the vanilla, and then I'll get a smaller container of plain just for smoothies because there'll be other stuff in there that's going to sweeten it. Coconut water also has a lot of sugar, but sometimes I'll use coconut water instead of juice. That's certainly a better swap. Also to cut down on the juice, use just using whole fruits. So combining frozen fruit with fresh fruit, like adding half of an orange or a tangerine is going to get some of the liquid in there. So you need less juice or sugary liquid, whatever it is that you're using. Adding a super ripe banana. I know there's like a whole thing on the web about banana-free smoothies. People have strong feelings. But a super <laughs> ripe banana or a single date 
We'll add some natural sugars. It's still sugar, but, you know, without adding juice instead, because juice is just such a like popular thing to do. And then adding spice and vanilla extract. We talked about this with Chief Spice Mama on a your Spice Up Your Family's Cooking episode a while back. Yes. But things like cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla extract have no sugar but add a perceived sweetness that can really make a difference. So I just wanted to like quickly give those recommendations because if smoothies are a big part of your life, it does become useful sometimes, I think, to think about like which are your breakfast ones, which are not, which have a lot of sugar, which don't. I also want to say this is a little strategy that you can use to cut down sugar and, and make sure you have enough liquid outside of just like also using water is if your family loves a strawberry smoothie and you usually use frozen strawberries, try thawing half of the strawberries that you would normally use. And like thawing makes it sound like it's laborious, but I'm talking about taking a takeout container or a Tupperware container, putting some of your frozen strawberries in it and letting that thaw in your fridge overnight. And then in the morning, those strawberries will thaw and break down and they'll release some of their liquid and they'll also be softer. So your blender won't have to work as hard. And so then you add those thawed strawberries along with your frozen strawberries to get the same smoothie without having had to use juice to sweeten it. So brilliant. A little extra work, a little extra work. I mean, just putting it out the night before. Okay. I know we said we're going to end with cereal, but I have to say one thing (laughs) that I really want to do. I'm sorry. Okay. But cottage cheese. Does everyone hate cottage cheese? I'm not into it. Love it. I know. So my one tip. Great option. My one tip. Try blending the cottage cheese. Okay, why? Because you'll get, like, less of a curd. They have small curd cottage cheese, but, like, you get something that feels a little more whipped. Sometimes it's used in savory, like, appetizers. But if the texture is the issue for you more than the taste, that which it is for my kids, it's more texture than it is taste. They like the taste just fine. I'll sometimes whiz it in the blender. So, again, an extra step. But, you know, it's like making a smoothie. And it's also I'd a great thing to buy, add to smoothies. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'd rather just buy ricotta cheese and use that as I'm not I sure that ricotta has a, an equivalent nutritional profile. Ooh, I want to look not. that up. Okay. So I just wanted to say that because I love cottage cheese. <laughs> okay. Let's yeah. Also, cereal. We're pro, che- we're pro cheese anyways. We are pro okay. cheese. So cereal. When I was a kid... First of all, my kids eat way more sugar cereal than I ever ate as a kid. And it still confounds me to this day. Because when I was a kid, one of the first things I learned to read in the grocery store was the back of the cereal box. And if sugar or corn syrup was one of the first three ingredients, we were not allowed to buy that That's cereal. like my house, too, for real. <laughs> yeah. So that's still a strategy that you could employ to look at the amount of sugar that's in a serving of cereal. We buy a lot of like plain Cheerios, plain Kicks, Rice Krispies, although I then use Rice Krispies to make Rice Krispie treats. I'm negating the whole thing. (laughs) You know, I'm not, I am pretty, sugar is very welcome in our house, but I want to avoid the crash that sometimes comes with them having like a bowl of cookie crisp and nothing else. So looking at the the like the amount of sugar, where sugar falls in the ingredient list when you're shopping for cereal is a really great strategy. 
also, we pretty much always serve our cereal with full fat milk. That's another way to like get a little bit of protein and nutrition in there. And then our friend Katie Morford, who's been a guest on the show before, she's a nutritionist. She's recommended like adding fruit, adding those ground flax seeds or those hemp seeds in with the cereal so that you're like boosting the nutrition of the cereal itself without really changing the flavor. And I love that. Um, I'm wondering now if you could add like some nut butter or some protein powder to a bowl of cereal to make it more nutrition nutritious. Have you ever tried that? I haven't. I've done like parfaits where I'll like swirl, you know, nut butter or sweet potato puree with the yogurt and honey and then like add chia seeds and like honey bunches of oats on top. Like it's a top. See, that's so smart. I would not have thought of that. I've also seen a lot of people where they do like a low sugar smoothie and put that in a jar and then add the cereal on top and eat it sort of like a smoothie bowl. So you get like all the nutrition of the smoothie and the crunch of the cereal. And that could be really fun too. So yeah, we're pro cereal. I think we both prefer to eat it as like a treat, but my kids certainly eat it at home and we're always trying to make it a little bit more filling and more balanced. I just find that the problem with cereal is that I'll buy, like, my whole family loves Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but it just feels impossible to buy it as a snack and say, like, this is not a breakfast cereal (laughs) without having to deal with so much whining and begging. Yes. So I buy it every once in a while because I do feel like it's easier. And I, I don't know, for me, it just works for my family. If I'm going to bring it in the house, then giving the kids some autonomy over when and where and how much they eat is like my responsibility to them. Like if I'm going to yes. have to, if I feel like I have to micromanage them eating it, then I'm just not bringing it into the house at all. Yeah. I've also seen some families where they do like cereal on the weekends only or like cereals on Friday. And then they get to like, they, it doesn't even matter what, how high the sugar is in the cereal. Like they can have whatever they want on those days, yeah. which is like a really easy way to be like, yeah, here's, here's the cinnamon toast crunch. So that's These what are the I days used to do. It. But as they get older, I don't, I feel like they have more autonomy anyway. And so It puts me in a position of having to say no or having to, you know, these are sometimes foods and these are everyday. And like they're a little too old for that. I feel like we get into weird territory where I'm managing food and I'm giving certain food messages. Like as we get into the teen years where like Isaac is like, I don't even know, you know, we're recording. It's 1245. Like, has he eaten lunch? When is he going to eat lunch? I have no idea. And I don't want to micromanage him. It's really yeah. freaking hard. I'm going to tell you that. I'm I'm sitting here acting like I've got it under control. I don't. It, like I just I want, want you to, to know, as soon as this him, episode airs, there's going to be a request. People are going to be like, uh, can you talk more about feeding teens? Because you're not the only mom struggling through Dude, this. it's rough. Because I really don't. I feel like, yeah. you know, when Ugh. they're little and you're like, that's a weekend food. Like, oh, okay. Great. You know, they might beg a couple of times, but like I think those are easier. They listen to you. PlayStation, you know, from eight to nine PM or whatever downstairs. And he's like he wants to take a big bowl of cinnamon toast crunch with him. I don't want to be like yes or no or start to give messaging about that. Woo. Yeah. Anyway, we do love cereal is the bottom line. (laughs) 
<laughs> Out of this episode has come a whole serial episode, All the Ways We Love It, an egg episode, and more <laughs> advice on feeding teens. Oh my God, so, so many episodes! <laughs> so many episodes. Make sure you don't miss a single one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was just about to say, make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter to get an exclusive recipe, plus our pick of the week every single week-ish. You can subscribe at didn'tijustfeedyou.com or follow the link in our Instagram bio. Oh, wow, wow, wow. There is some low-keyed intra-host <laughs> shade happening there. If you I'm are a newsletter... Listen, set the expectation. Listen, if listen, you're a newsletter Phyllis. subscriber, people... We would love to hear from you and our listeners group about what exactly was shady about how Megan just delivered that line. <laughs> That's what we want. So speaking of Facebook and social media in general, we are at Didn't I Just Feed You Everywhere. Just keep in mind that if you're going to join us in Facebook, all of the real fun is truly happening in our listener community. You'll be prompted with a question to get let in. The answer is whiskey. Just do it. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Didn't I Just Feed You wherever you get your podcast. You don't want to miss all those episodes we just came up with right here now. Also, our music is Good Old Times by Alex Cohen, provided by Jamando. A huge thank you to our editor, Samantha Gatsik, who's also going to bring us her protein powder prowess in the listeners group. I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Emmett, what's your favorite breakfast? Pancakes. <laughs> With butter inside it until butter sparks out. Until it's sparked. Until I eat it on the floor. Stay in.